so hi on the noise podcast i'm shane i'm glory and we're here with doug from bearings there are some some questions to say about their upcoming album the best part about being human so congrats on that by the way how do you feel about the response to the announcement so far uh i'm pretty pumped i mean <clears throat> i can't wait for people to actually hear the whole thing but uh it's pretty exciting i found out today that one of the one of the vinyl variants is now sold out so nice um yeah i'm pumped i'm I'm really excited i think it's our best record we've done so far i know every band says that but uh, i genuinely do so i'm excited for it and i'm excited people are excited for it there, but, there's yeah, some serious ass crazy. shakers on here oh yeah yes. <laughs> yeah it's very good yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so is there any meaning behind the album title or cover arts yeah well that's part of part of it is um the there's a song on the record called human and it's the last song on the record and it'll make sense once the record's out and people hear that song they'll be like oh this all makes sense Mm -hmm. but yeah i don't know it's just it's from that song there's a line from that song that just says the best part about being human it's how the song starts and then it goes goes into it but uh it's just kind of meant to highlight i guess a bit of the the good and the bad you know Mm -hmm. Nothing too crazy. I don't want to say too much because it is so based around that song. But uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, it's cool. And Kay killed killed the artwork again. Um, so yeah, and and it's a diner. I don't know if everyone realizes that, but it's it is a diner. Mm-hmm. I I it's love I love how vivid the cover art is. Like something mm-hmm. about the cover art for the last couple of records, it's just been so bright and so vibrant. And I love that, but especially on this record. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this one was, I wanted it to be like sort of like a beachy type thing and, and just for it to feel a bit nostalgic, but still feel bright and powerful. And I mean, Kay just, I mean, she just, she just does her thing, Mm -hmm. killed it, crushed it. So hell yeah. I mean, that's all her. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your writing process for this album? Um, pretty similar to, I guess, uh, previous records. Just a lot of it is stuff that I just voice memo um, with my acoustic guitar and I just sing and then go in, demo it. Um, try to get it to a point where we're at least going into the studio with a good idea of the direction and the overall sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's a few songs, like there are a few songs on there that in the studio there was, we kind of are like, ah, maybe this idea is not working. And we just start from scratch on a voice memo and take it from beginning to end. Um, but no, yeah, it was good. There's a couple on there. Gone So Gone, which is out now is sort of a similar writing process to how Sway was written. It's just like an FL studio demo that was kind of beachy and poppy. And, um, we, brought it into more of the band's space and what we're good at nice so the voice memos is that where it starts and the instrumentals are built around that are you doing the voice memos to instrumentals are they just (laughs) like thoughts in your brain that you have to get out and you figure it out later like where do the voice memos come in for the rest of the process well so it'll usually be like yeah it'll start that way for the most part, there are some times where, you know, the song is getting built out or there's, you know, the instrumentation 
is pretty much all laid out and I can just go in there and, and sort of, um, build my melody around what's being done instrumentally. But yeah, a lot of the times it's a, it's a voice memo and it might not be the whole song. It might just be like a first verse chorus idea. And then, you know, the band kind of comes in, we try to build out the rest of the song, try to build out the actual direction of it. Cause a voice memo with an acoustic guitar could go a thousand different directions. Same thing with what I'm saying about the FL studio, like gone. So gone being an FL studio demo, like it sounded crazy. It sounded nothing like what it ended up sounding like for the record because it was, you know, done in FL studio. The drums are just like, you know, not real drums. Everything's just looped and sampled and, and then we got to bring it to a point where it can be a bearing song. But yeah, a lot of it does start off with a voice memo. And I just try to throughout the day, if I have a good idea, just sing a little, sing it in there or write it, write down a couple lyrics in the notes app. And then I'll kind of sit down and just, you know, put it together a little bit after that. Fair enough. All right. Makes sense. All right. Uh, so what song off this album took longest to write and which one is your personal favorite? Hmm. The longest to write in a way it's, it's kind of scenery in that there was variations of it. Um, and some of them kind of stumped us ocean dreams, similar thing. Like it's not that it took long to write necessarily, but certain parts took a long time to agree on or get behind um, because there is something, I mean, there's a really interesting bridge in that song. And uh, we just, there was a bunch of ideas being thrown around. And so that took a long time to settle on in terms of the writing process. It's hard to say because there's this other song live forever, never die, which started as two different songs that I'd both done as like FL studio demos. And then at the end of the day, ended up just becoming one song because one had great verse and pre-chorus, but the chorus wasn't that strong. And then one, the other song had not such a strong verse, but a great chorus. And so that everything kind of get got put together, Makes sense. sort of Frankensteined into a banger. But um, yeah, and then my favorite song, I'm not sure, probably Slip. There's a song called Slip that I, I really like, uh, but I like them all. Nice. Oh, right. yeah. Uh, so how did the track list for the album come about? Did you guys write the opener of the opener, close a big closer, did you shuffle around and see what fits? What was that process like? Yeah, I mean, it was tough. Tougher than I think some previous records where we were at times all over the place with the songwriting. Like, Hello It's You is a, a record that, I mean, So Damn Wrong is a very different song than Transient Colors, and Lovely Lovely is a very different song than... Um, sway and you know and so that record it felt like we stuck a lot of the more upbeat positive stuff in the front half and then some of the more maybe darker or more experimental stuff on the second half of that record this record though is a little more like fine-tuned in terms of what we do well um i'd say it's pretty it goes pretty hard from beginning to end there's no acoustic song or anything like that So it was kind of hard because it was like, well, what songs do we, you know, also I feel like in the past we would kind of front load records with the singles on this record. There's two singles that are on the second half of the record. Nice. So 
I think it was just more about building it out so that it it has its ebbs and flows, but also stays consistent uh, in its energy. All right. But honestly, I feel like we could have mishmashed it around anyway. It would have been fine, but mm-hmm. um, having human at the end was really important. Um, and I think having scenery at the beginning was really important. When picking the singles for the album, was there the intention of grabbing songs off the second half? Was the tracklist even made at that point? <laughs> and then like you guys, it just kind of fell that way. Like was, was there an intention or did it just kind of happen that way? Oh, there was no intention. <laughs> it was really, <laughs> it was weird because we felt like any song on this record could be a single, mm-hmm. which is the hardest part. Cause I feel like in the past we know lovely, lovely wasn't going to be a single. Like we knew, um, you know, transient colors would not be a single on hello. It's you. So that, so it made the singles for that record a little easier at times. Granted, we did release dreams as a single, I think, which maybe that wasn't a great decision. I don't know, but we, uh, for this one, any song could have been a single. And I just feel like scenery was the obvious one where like, we want to get this out because we want to play it live. We just really wanted to play it live and putting Mm -hmm. it out first meant we got to play it live on a couple tours Mm. And then Gone So Gone, which we just released, was kind of the second one where we knew, you know, we want to play this one live because it's fun. So let's just get it out, mm-hmm. though. It doesn't really matter now. The whole thing will be out by the time we're on our next tour. But yeah. Um, yeah. and then the next two singles really was just, I think, largely because people we'd show the record to and, you know, friends and stuff seemed to really like those couple of songs. And for us, we could kind of pick any of the songs on the record as singles. So they just seemed like, all right, well, people seem to like those. We'll, we'll go with those. Fair enough. And like having so many options, cause you felt like every song on the record could be a single. Did that make it harder? Is that kind of why you left it in the hands of like the people that you showed the record to for those, for those last couple of singles that are going to come out? Yeah, sort of. I mean, it depends. Cause there's definitely other songs that people really liked for different reasons. I think ocean dream was it's like, you know, friends and people would show that to be like, wow, that song's crazy. It's so cool, but Mm -hmm. it's a little mellower. And we were like, well, we don't want any singles to be mellow at all. We kind of want it all to be pretty. uh, We want to kind of go in uh, hard with this. So I don't know. It's so tough too, because I know singles are important and it's usually those are going to be the songs that get music videos. Mm-hmm. Um, though we didn't do one for gone. So gone, but the next two are going to have music videos. And um, it's just also, I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Cause I do think we're a record band. I think we can release all the singles we want at the end of the day. People are just going to pick sort of appoint themselves, their favorite song anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, like Eyes Closed was never a single and it does just fine. So yeah. on one hand, I'm like, singles are important. But on the other hand, once it comes out, all those songs find a life of their own anyways. Yes. No singles are important in the music industry as a whole. But I feel like in the in the pop punk scene, it's like the people get so attached to the band and like their albums as a whole yeah. that it doesn't matter what songs you put out because they're going to attach themselves to the record. Not as not just one song off the record. Yeah. It's Absolutely. like probably one of the few genres where records full length records are still incredibly popular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's like in every genre, a full length record is exciting, but there's definitely certain genres where it's like a singles game and you get artists constantly pushing out singles. Sometimes the singles have nothing to do with a record. And I feel like sometimes in this genre, you could write the best song of all time, but if you release it with it not being connected to an album, it's almost like people are like, oh, that's nice, but where's the album yeah it gets yeah. missed in your discography you know? because it's not attached to one of the records exactly yeah yeah absolutely uh, so would you be able to tell us where your headspace is at while you're creating this record um well the headspace was definitely we we just basically gotten home from tour and we kind of knew i will say this so we were pretty prepared going into this record at least it felt like it we were also really stoked because Sam, who produced it, I've known Sam since I was in like high school because mm-hmm. um, he's from around this area. And I was just, I don't know, we did it in an Airbnb uh, in North Hollywood and I was just pumped. I mean, we'd, we'd go out and like play cornhole and like hang out and have beers and just, it was very easy. We went and saw Third Eye Blind um, at the beginning of the kind of working on the record and I don't know. It was just kind of, it was chill. It was very chill. I never felt like it was like we were, you know, pushing anything or, you know, there, there's a level of pressure there because I I think sometimes picking the right words for songs or finishing songs can be a little stressful, especially near the end of the process where, you know, there's a week left and you have three songs left to do. And you really want them to be perfect. Um, but also singing all day takes a lot out of you. So you're like, oh, man, I'm really going to have to grind this. But in general, I think the mindset was just let's go in. Let's write a great record. Let's write something that we can play live and it'll sound pretty much the maybe not the exact same, but mm-hmm. it's there's songs written for us. There's no songs that are, you know, like so damn wrong. I love that song, but it's like we kind of have to use tracks for it because it's either that or bring like a synthesizer on stage. Yeah. (laughs) And I love those songs, but we were like, let's do a record where like we could play the whole thing just as a five piece band, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like we don't, we don't need any of the extra stuff to do any of these songs. We can just play a good rock record. So did you find that kind of put you in a box and kind of limited you? Cause you're not able to kind of like, go all out and kind of just make music to make music or I mean obviously you wanted to do it but yeah I don't it was almost the opposite I felt like we could kind of do anything Hmm. because instead of like going it's I don't know I think sometimes it's very easy to go like well the vibe of this song is this and that's just what it sounds like Hmm. um but I think it was kind of fun to take songs and make them songs that we can just because it's not like we didn't add piano i mean we add stuff like that it's just not at the forefront yeah but i don't know i found it really chill i never found that it limited us in any way um i also found that as a result of the way we were kind of writing the record it left room for some more complex stuff uh for mike to do on drums Mm. um left a little more room for us to experiment with things uh in the bridges or you know it's about like i guess just being experimenting with stuff but doing it tastefully but also just knowing that 
we're going to do this record and it's going to rock and it's going to be fun to play live. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like live that stuff can be limiting, right? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. when you add mm -hmm. all this stuff and then you go to play live and you're like, well, I mean, we had a show where our, our laptop stopped working and we don't even really use tracks. Yeah. It's like so damn wrong gets tracks. And you know, there's a couple other songs that have a bit in there, but they're not necessary for what we do. But it's like if the laptop stops working, all right, well, now we can't play so damn wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. that's limiting, right? Whereas, <laughs> like, if your guitar string breaks, you just put another string on it. Mm -hmm. You know, if your amp blows up, you just, you know, you just use that's the backup. Oh, you're kind of fucked. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. Too, so, um, yeah, there's always, like, I, I find that for the live show, it's, like, less restrictive. Because if we want to play to a click, we can play to a click. If we don't want to play to a click, we don't play to a click. If we want tracks, we use them. If we don't want them, we don't use them. We yeah. kind of do whatever we want. That's so a very good point. You you've been talking a lot about playing live, and you know the next tour is a co-headliner, so you're gonna have more time. Is the goal to play most of, if not all of the song songs off the record on this tour? Well, that's what I wanted, and everyone was like, "No, we can't just only play the new record." So, um, <laughs> you know, so what? we're gonna I, have to pick. I mean, so, you know. I'm not saying you, I, I don't know who's telling you you can't do it, but I mean, fucking Grayscale put out Umbra and then just played that thing front to back and the, the yeah. fans ate Everyone that shit up. up. So mm -hmm. I don't yeah. see why you guys can't do it. it no, I mean, we're going to play Sway and we're, we're going to play Eyes Closed and we're going to play the songs that we still love playing and that people like. But it is tough because I really do love every song on this new record. Um, and it's going to be so much fun to play live. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll just have to time our set too, because we've played tours where, you know, we talk a little bit more between songs and stuff. We've also done tours where we just fly through the set at like record speed. Mm -hmm. So I guess just how we space it out and how we kind of approach, um, certain things for this tour, we'll have to just see how many songs we can actually fit in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, um. Yeah, I think we'll play a lot of new stuff and then, you know, we'll play a couple of the couple of the classics too. Oh yeah. And yeah. you mentioned Sam, your producer, the last name is slipping my mind, but is it the same guy that's been like doing the new Silverstein and the new Devil's Wear Prada? Is it that's Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, what... and he did the Between You and Me record. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um he did Shaking Your Mind mm -hmm. uh for uh, well he did Shaking your mind, we did vocals and drums with him, but he did mix it. Okay, nice. Mm -hmm. He yeah. mixed it, and and uh, but no, he's great. Yeah, guy's a legend. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time? Should I do in the car with friends and talk with headphones on? Is workout album, party album? What do you personally recommend? Woo. Um, I I'd say headphones on, but feels like a car album. I think. I think car album on a nice day, right. you know, car album on a nice day, maybe headphones, nice day walk vibes, mm. possibly could mm. also fit fall vibes though. Mm. You know, maybe September, you know, September's like the perfect month for it because okay. it's still hot, but we're starting kind of starting to lean into that, that fall weather. Absolutely. Um, I mean, unless you live somewhere where there's just no weather, in which case you can just listen to it whenever you want. <laughs> Damn. Fair all enough. right. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so this one should be super, super quick off the top of your head. I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words. No more, no less. Big rock record. Damn. Nice. Record time. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in that same train of thought, is there a certain feeling or emotion you want listeners to have while going through the album? Just vibe. Just vibe with it. There's gonna there's a couple twists and turns, so um, just be prepared for those, but... You know, I think uh, I think it's just going to be a good time. You know, it's going to be fun and going to be a little sad once in a while, but tried tried to keep it tried to keep the good vibes up for this one. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Uh, so, are you able to talk about any particularly challenging or standout moments from the creation of this album, positive or negative? I think the standout positive would just be how how comfortable we are just doing our thing. I mean, it is our third record at this point and we're not trying to reinvent the wheel by any means, but it's just, it's just easy. It was very chill. Mm. Um, and I think that was the positive. It was just a very pleasant experience. Good. Um, I guess the toughest part, toughest part would just be picking, you know, picking between songs or small decisions in a song because those always take the most time like the things that people probably will never notice sometimes <laughs> or not even care about and we're all yep. stuck on it for two hours and then you know sam has to go this doesn't matter we're moving on you know or something <laughs> like that yeah um or sometimes something a bit bigger and it'll sound great no matter which direction we take it and we know that but at the same time it's just hard to decide you know what is the it's too sometimes too much of a good thing can can be complicated because you're kind of like well that would rock but this would also rock mm -hmm. and it's not that one thing rocks harder than the other it's just they both rock in different ways and you just got to pick a lane yeah. yeah and although no one that is listening will probably notice you guys notice and that's what matters mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean i'm sure and there's so much in music that you would never notice but it's what indicates a feeling like when people I feel like you don't always know why a song makes you feel a certain way, but you can hear it when you're doing like the harmony, uh, like when the bass does a harmony of the root note instead of the root note or small things like mm -hmm. that. It just provides a very different feeling to that section of the song or whatever it may be. Um, and it's like no one really notices it, but they notice the feeling of it through the music. Yeah, absolutely. Sense. And when you guys are in the studio and you're kind of bickering for like two hours over that tiny little piece in, in a song, how do you guys kind of settle that? Is it like a flip a coin situation? Sometimes we'll just record both and mm -hmm. we'll just listen to it back. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, one of the big things was in scenery that the bass part sounded like a Blink-182, uh, the Blink-182, what is it, Mutt? Um, has that like little bass thing we're like mm -hmm. oh it sounds too much like blink 22 and it's like who cares blink 22 rocks yeah and then you know uh we're just kind of going back and forth so we tried it both ways and mm -hmm. then we ended up keeping the blinkier way <laughs> fuck yeah nice. okay All right. Makes sense. um so for this question we want you to picture you're on tour you had gas station for a rest stop what is your snack of choice <sighs> that's tough that is a tough one. Sometimes I'll get, uh, if we haven't had time to eat dinner, I'll get, um, what are those things called? They're like snack packs. 
the the ones with like meat and cheese yeah they're like for kids that oh, lunchables. Cool... lunchables that those i mm-hmm. lunchables slap i'll go for a lunchable every now and then which like variant um, of it though like the pizza no no it's the turkey okay, and cheese oh the classic thank god yeah the pizza yeah sucks. like <laughs> yeah the old school one and then um and then it's tough because all my favorite chocolate bars are like canadian chocolate bars Canada, you know? that's crazy. Canadian chocolate. No one ever fucking raves about Canadian chocolate. Yeah, like Big Turks. Um, I don't know. There's there's so many good ones. I can't even like think off the top. The Kit Kats taste better here for some reason. The Reese's are better here for some reason. I could be completely delusional and they're not different at all, but I feel mm-hmm. like they are different. Mm-hmm. That's like, all the part matter. of me just feels like they are different. But yeah, I feel like yeah. there's so many. Like when I'm in Canada, I'm like, it's such a hard decision to pick a chocolate bar. Like, mm-hmm. do you guys have Mr. Big? I feel no. like I never see it in the US. No. Like mm-hmm. Mr. Bigs are so good. I don't know. What is it? It's just like a, it's like caramel, chocolate, and like peanuts. Okay. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. It's good. Like a like a like a re- uh not a Reese's, sorry, like a Twix. No, not really like Twix. It's mm. uh, you just you just gotta experience it. <laughs> it's just, it's, just it's crazy to me that the chocolate market is so different. We're not that fucking far from each other. No, hey, we're no, still con- we're connected. I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's so deal? weird. And then you guys have weird chocolate bars that just make no sense. No I don't sense. know, like paydays or something. Like, who's eating a payday? Still never tried one. Been here for fucking <laughs> yeah. 19 years. Never had one. <laughs> yeah, so I have no... There's... It's just things like that. Same thing with, like, Doritos. We got mm-hmm. Sweet Chili Heat here. And then yeah. there's, like, a Dorito that's kind of the same. It's called, like... Oh, it's, like, a name that sounds almost the same as Sweet Chili Heat, but it's not called that. And it doesn't taste quite the same. And I don't, I don't know. It's just weird. We have sweet. I thought we had it. Isn't yeah, that the purple bag? The purple bag. bag. Yeah. yeah those purple. are the but only vegan not... ones. Those are the ones I go for. Yeah. Those are good. Oh, really? Yeah. But are they called sweet chili heat or what's, yeah, what's the I'm... exact name? Oh, oh, let's look it up. Purple Doritos. <laughs> yeah. I need to know this because I feel like it's a just slightly. Spicy off, sweet chili. Uh, that's it that's not the same thing because in canada <laughs> it's a black bag oh and it's not the same they're different, a different color bag that's getting yeah. you okay but even the flavor is different they they just you. like introduced like a black bag here that's like a barbecue kind of thing that's been there all right well that's like, that's like a classic Shane. oh my god <laughs> You're coming after me. I, I just I'm told Mr. you. I just, over I just here. admitted I'm vegan. Okay, Let, let's point. calm my down. Bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. But yeah, it's always a weird one in the states with the gas stations because I feel like uh, it's just lunchable, and then I'll get maybe like Cheetos or something. Sometimes I don't know. I'm not a big chip or chocolate bar guy to start with, mm-hmm. but uh, I'd me fooled. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'll go for chips. Salt and vinegar is always good. Mm-hmm. No matter where you are. So, all right. That's it's true. It's not different in uh, Canada. No, that's no. the same both places. All right. That's good. Okay. Good. <laughs> uh, so, on the topic of food, if the band was a dish, what dish would the band be and why? Hmm. We would be probably just. Uh, 
the Canes chicken. That's okay. it. That's it. Just that's what just, we that's what we'd be with the uh, with the Texas toast. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Not not too complicated. Just keeping it real. Just you know? simple. Just but but reliable. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Fuck yeah. Um, so for the last couple of questions, we're going to shift completely away from music. So if you could be one animal for the rest of your life, what animal would you be and why? I'd probably be... I feel like being a giraffe would be pretty decent. You know? It just seems like a decent... Yeah, you, you can see things really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe a giraffe, but also... I, the thing is, I don't really want to have to always be hunting. That's that's my mm. biggest thing. Because like a lot of people would say, oh, I'd be a lion or I'd be a tiger. But it's like you got to grind so hard to get food. <laughs> if you're just like a giraffe or something, you just eat leaves and you chill. You're not like chasing things all over the place all day. Bro. You can just take it easy. And yeah. yeah, you could get chased down. I was going to say you are theory. the prey. Yeah. You, but as a giraffe, you're just so tall. I feel like no one bothers with you. True, and you, you know, Discovery you just, Channel would say otherwise. You just but. see above everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see them exactly. coming. So maybe an elephant. An elephant would be good because you got like a bunch of pals too. Elephants That's always true. have like a, a whole Little group herd. they're hanging with. Yeah. No one really messes with them too much. There you go. You know, okay. maybe a, I, I think elephants probably the move. Okay. Fuck yeah. Okay. Fuck yeah. Uh, so if you could have lunch with any celebrity or artist, dead or alive, who would it be and why? <sighs> any maybe tom DeLong. i just want to know what the real deal with this alien stuff is i feel like he never gives us a ton of information so mm-hmm. i'm just trying to know what the actual situation there is mm-hmm. and if and if you know is it more extreme than we think it is mm-hmm. you know what's going on there um probably tom DeLong. Mm-hmm. um other than that no probably just probably just tom Tom. Nice. Yeah. So for this last question, boom, you're on Desert Island. You can bring one movie, one album, and one person. Who and what are you bringing? Desert Island, one movie. Mm-hmm. But I have something to watch all this with, right? Yeah. 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 It's the, like a the gear's VH there like, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. One movie. Uh, I'd probably do that Metallica movie uh, where they're making St. Anger. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I, it doesn't matter what movie I bring. I'm going to hate it. I'm not even someone that watches movies like multiple times. Uh-huh. After like two watches, I'm going to be tired of it. Damn. So I could really just bring anything. Whatever would make the best firewood, I guess. And then <laughs> uh, best record. I'm probably doing self-titled by Blink. Okay. Or maybe Joyride by Transit. I got to pick one of them. Mm. And then... What was the third thing? One person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I probably bring my girlfriend, but at the same time, I, 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 one person's difficult because I know if I bring my brother, he's like an outdoorsman. Mm-hmm. Like we can survive for, I, I think a pretty long time. Mm-hmm. Cause he's always hiking. Like both my brothers um, are, are always hiking and doing stuff like that. So I feel like if I go with them, my chances of surviving longer are there yeah mm-hmm. um that's tough mm-hmm. 
But do you even want to survive on a desert island? Or do you just kind of want it? Like if you're never going to be saved, if there's a potential to be saved, then I'm trying to survive. If mm-hmm. not, I just, you know, I'll just bring like, I don't know. Just bring my girlfriend or like, I mean, I also love hanging with my brothers. I also love hanging with my best friend. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is getting harder. I mean, the way I always see the question is mm-hmm. that you're eventually going to get off at some point. Mm-hmm. But okay. That we don't actually have any parameters for that. No. It's, okay. up, to, well, it's that up for interpretation. Yeah. So for the potential of hopefully getting off at some point, I'm going to bring my brother because I feel like surviving would just be way easy for me. Mm-hmm. Like I can probably just chill. He'll get the fire going. Wow. You know, yeah. he'll he'll sort all that out and I can just vibe. Sounds good. Um, so as I said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug? No, I'm just chilling, still streaming, still doing the Mario Kart things on Saturday. Um, records coming out soon. Tours coming out soon. Get your tickets to the tour. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Hell yeah. All right. Thank well, you thank- for having me. Of course. Nice. Thank you for sound with us. Ben Dougie from Bearings, and we have been the Good Noise Podcast. <laughs>